0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, now all of Locked On. Uh, in the immortal words of Ghostbusters, we got one. Uh, the Indians did go out. They made a signing. They brought back Cesar Hernandez. And just to show how messed up the world of baseball is, he signed for $5 million this year. Um, I've only seen a report at one place that the team option for next year is at $6 million. That was from Paul Hoynes. He's, I know I've had my ups and downs uh, with some of the <laughs> Cleveland media, but he is very good at getting the details. And why baseball is so weird right now and so messed up is His defense, I mean, he won a gold glove. (laughs) And by all, you know, they use kind of more uh, metrics and things to measure the gold gloves. He had uh, a great year defensively. Uh, He'd had some down years the previous two years. And he had arguably the second best uh, offensive year of his career, maybe the best offensive year of his career. He is going to be 31 in May. So you do kind of have that counting against him. But I believe he signed for like six two five or six seven five a year ago. Coming off of a down year, he gets five million. So he takes a pay cut after having uh, a career year, and then the, even the team option year uh, is a pay cut as well. So he signs. Uh, I mean, it's it's a great deal for the Cleveland Indians. A one ten WRC plus a year ago, uh, the defense he brought, everything. I mean, he's welcome to Cleveland's leadoff hitter, and he's probably going to be their second baseman for the next 2 years. Uh talked about all of the middle infield depth this team has built up. Second base is probably locked up for 20 uh 21 and 2022 with that contract. Shortstop, I mean, you think that Jimenez is the guy um it's going to be interesting again long term. I mean, this is probably J Ram's last run in Cleveland. Uh Very briefly, the rumor that people ran with about the Jose Ramirez and the Braves and the Indians, Dan Clark is someone I followed for a bit because I saw, wow, someone with 30k followers and blue check mark is following me. Then you watch him and he guarantees a lot of things and hits on a very low percentage. Um, Manny Machado to the Yankees being one of them. Uh, There's some issues with him copying and pasting other people's stuff at one point in time it was not a great source. Then Daryl Reuter uh, retweeted it, and it got out there. And yeah, it, I mean, I talked with the Braves guys. And at the end of the day, here's the thing about the Braves. The Indians already have someone like Austin Riley and Nolan Jones, but with uh, more years of control. Riley's already, you know, been two years up in the big leagues. And on top of that, Austin Riley is essentially like J.D. Davis, who the Indians did not have an interest in, in that Mets deal. Uh, they don't want the... They've put a high value on defense, let's put it that way, and Riley's skill is not there. A lot of Atlanta's, you know, quote-unquote valuable assets are pitchers. The problem is this is a team that needed pitching, and it's because guys like Tukey Toussaint and Kyle Wright and Bryce Wilson, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all these guys who were top 100 prospects uh, haven't worked out. They're pitching. Pro- and now the Indians do love to buy cheap and do love to buy – on that secondary market, but I I don't see, um, it was a bad fit. And that's what the Atlanta uh, on guy and myself agreed with, uh, there's just, you know, and, and Drew Waters, it's, he's interesting, but the profile is a huge risk. And it's a profile that is devalued because we've seen a lot of players with his walk to strikeout ratio. I talked about this when I talked about like Clevenger, there didn't always make a ton of t- sense and, you know, Christian Pache. Um, I mean, he's great. <laughs> he's probably going to eventually be a Gold Glove center fielder. But I mean, there's a very good chance his likely outcome is Ender Inciarte, who Atlanta has now. Ender's offense has gone down a lot over the years, but that's you know it's a similar profile. So it, it that that was a is a BS rumor. Let's talk about some more BS <laughs> while we're at it. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of talk today about the fact that you know the Indians have treated Kluber and Clevenger and Bauer, and Francisco Lindor, and they don't have a single top 100 prospect because Keith Law's list released, um, and Baseball Americas might have, or MLB, I don't know, because, uh, and I, I know it wasn't baseball prospectus, Was guess what, Gabriel Arias made baseball prospectuses, so that's not even true because you look at one of the national sources, and one of the guys is there, and, you know, first off, let's talk about the fact that Kluber, Clevenger, and Bieber, Jose Ramirez, uh, arguably the most foremost valuable Indians of the last, you know, 10 years, uh, none of them were top 100 prospects ever. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, Kluber and Clevenger came by a trade. So this team knows, I mean, when, when do they fail in trades? How many trades do we sit back and go, ugh? I mean, eventually, maybe that Josh Donaldson for Julian Merriweather one just was Donaldson didn't give them a whole bunch, but I, I still stand by that gamble. And, you know, some of the lesser trades, like I was a big Samad Taylor fan, uh, that hasn't worked out. <laughs> He's, I believe, you know, got let go by, uh, the blue Jays and, uh, you know, I really like Thomas Pannone, but that hasn't worked out. Like they have not lost a lot of trades. There's not a lot of trades I go back and I'm like, Oh man, you know, it's, there's maybe some components that would have worked out better for them in the long run, but even if someone's out there and you want to talk about a miss being like Giovanni or Shilla being let go, um, you know, he was released by the Yankees and the Blue Jays as well. Like, it's uh, he, no one expected him to become what he's become. That's just the end of story there. And on top of, you know, again, when you look at all the lists, it's not true. Secondarily, you go through those deals. Lindor, the two centerpieces in that deal, and I would argue 75% of the value in the Lindor trade uh, were rosario and jimenez that's what they were going for with those two guys who don't count as prospects anymore and then you go and you look at um i think emmanuel Clase might still technically count as a, as a prospect um but again relievers are never really top 100 guys and Kluber's value was way down i mean let's just be honest after at his age with that injury there wasn't a whole lot there um we talk Lindor Bauer. I mean, Franmil Reyes was the centerpiece, this potential 40-home-run guy with a ton of power. I mean, the number two pro- – they then – because they got a top 100 prospect in Taylor Trammell, but they rerouted him to get more pieces, to get Franmil Reyes, to get Logan Allen the first, uh, to get – I can't remember the other guy who was, like, from low A who they got from the Padres in that one, but they did that. And then when you look at that San Diego deal, you know, uh, to me – Gabriel Arias is a guy I'd put in the top one hundred prospects. I mean, his defense alone is going to give him a chance to be a starting shortstop somewhere in baseball. And, you know, I should see how long we are into the recording because I would like to talk about the shortstop market in general. But uh yeah, I mean, you can get by with a guy with that good a defense who could fall into twenty home runs, even if he ends up being a high strikeout, low average guy. Uh Joey Cantilio, higher rated than a lot of people think or give credit for. You look at something like, uh, I think the steamer projections thought that he could, even though he's never pitched above A ball, thought that he could produce a positive war next year, just because of what he's shown. And again, fits the Indians profile to a T, which is something I stated the minute they got him. And their third, I mean, A, they got six pieces, and B, their third and fourth were Quantrell, former top 10 overall pick a guy who at one time was talked about as being the favorite to be the first overall pick in the draft just didn't develop properly and again san diego's pitching development has been less than sparkling had a lot of great prospects have also had a lot of injuries and a lot of guys stall out and then uh josh naylor who i think was the 11th or 12th pick in his draft now admittedly he was an overdraft by the marlins Uh, But, uh, you know, those are significant pieces. So they got a lot of guys already in the majors in those deals. So it was just a really disingenuous uh, argument to see online. Something that is not going to be disingenuous, though, is going over to BuiltBar.com. I had BuiltBar today for breakfast, for lunch, for my after work snack. Uh, They sent us another sample box. And honestly, I am down to just that sample box right now. I'll probably finish that off uh, partway through February, and then it'll be back for a new order. And when I go to BuiltBar.com, the best deal you're going to find is using that promo code locked on, getting that 20% off. It's a product I use. It's a product I love. Uh, on top of the bar, every day I'm using the uh, the Built Bar Boost to uh, finish off my coffee, and I switch over and I'm putting that in my cup and adding a bunch of water. Uh, going to as we say in Wisconsin, the bubbler, uh, aka the water fountain, filling it up. Uh, and you know they, I'm I'm Mr. Built Bar right now, so it's a fantastic product. And when you go there, you use the promo code Locked On. That twenty percent off is the best deal you can find. BuiltBar.com promo code Locked On. Our other sponsor for the day is Rock Auto. I am an idiot when it comes to cars. I you know about the only thing I can do is uh, I got one of those things so I can put air in my tires. So every time the light comes on, I'm like, okay, let's go out, uh, turn on the little auto air pump, and start filling those things up. I don't know about cars but i can still navigate that site and when you're shopping with uh with rock auto american-owned company family-owned company small business low overhead they pass the savings on to you you should just bookmark it and favorite it so when you do need a part for your car you make sure you are getting a good deal and if you're not getting a good deal then you're going to want to go to uh rockauto.com buy the part or piece especially if you're someone who's car savvy and can change the uh, parts on your car go there get the part you need save money and when they say, how'd you hear about us? You're going to say Locked On, Locked On MLB, Locked On Indians, some form of Locked On. Let them know that uh, their business with lo- the Locked On Network help bring business their way so they'll keep co- supporting podcasts like ours. Remember, rockauto.com, Locked On in the how'd you hear about us. and. Get more sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So I know I haven't talked a whole ton about Cesar Hernandez. Do I really need to talk about him? Uh, I I feel like we know him. He's coming off a career year, likely to be some regression, still a, a fantastic and at that the cost that they added him a great ad now what is interesting is he came uh, off the market about the same time that Tommy Listella came off the market so we saw the and Freddie Galvis signed with the Orioles now Freddie Galvis is interesting he didn't get a ton of money but him I mean he he was coming off a career year as well and that career year gave him a 90 WRC plus and a 712 OPS always been a strong defender and that's what I mean with Gabriel Arias like Freddie Galvis hit 220, 308 on base, 404 slugging. That's enough for him to continually get a starter's role. This guy has been a starter with the Phillies, the Padres, the Reds. He is always able to land on his feet because shortstops are hard to find, and teams are always looking for shortstops. Uh, let's see, his career WRC plus is a 79, and he has been a starter since 2015, nonstop, in spite of being two derivations below average because you can count on him defensively. Same thing Jose Iglesias. You know, I talked about that. That's kind of the Andres Jimenez profile. I mean, he's been a starter uh, for over a decade now while being a below average offensive player to average offensive player. Uh, And with Arias, yeah, there's going to be questions. Is the average going to be high? But, you know, again, you look at someone like Galvis who hit 220, 260 is the high. 263 is the high, but 260, 247 career hitter. That's why the Indians are in this odd position. The Ahmad Rosario stuff was interesting. Um, I'm going to just refute them. Yes, teams like the Reds might call the Indians uh, and try to acquire him. And I don't think the Indians are opposed to moving Ahmad Rosario. Um, People are like, well, he's making 2.4. The Indians wouldn't want to pay that to a backup. They're paying more than that to their backup catcher, right? Like, that's not that big of a deal. I I mean, it is for the Indians, but at the same time... uh, When I look at Rosario, one of my first statements was the Indians are buying him at a low point. Now, if you're looking at him as a shortstop, my first response would be, why? Because the numbers in the majors have been pretty terrible. Like, by every metric, he's not a good defender at short. uh, Led the Mets to look at him on left, possibly center long term. And I think super utility is probably his best role, kind of a Marwin Gonzalez type uh, if everything goes properly, I think that is exactly what you want with him is someone who can, you know, play second here, play short there, play, sac- you know, play every day almost, but play a different position because he does have good tools. He does. He runs fast. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys. I don't know how strong offensively he'll be, but, you know, the ceiling is, like I said, Marwin Gonzalez, the floor, you know, it's a little bit lower. Maybe he's more like the ninth guy in your batting lineup, but as a rotational piece. I mean, that's useful. Um He's also coming off, you know, a really miserable offensive year. And, you know, when the Indians got him, I'm not sure if I completed my initial thought. Uh, my first statement was, you know, they love to get guys at the low point of value. They love to buy low. And if you're selling Rosario this soon after acquiring him, it's still a, a sell low point. Um, you know, I had some people uh, bring up names like, oh, the Reds. You know, what about Nick Senzel? That came up a lot. I'm like, N- guys, Nick Senzel's value is still very, very high compared to Rosario. Like, that's not going to happen. Uh, maybe if we included Aaron Savali, like, is that what you want? Like, that's that's how you make or Tristan McKenzie, that's how you get those to balance out. Um, Jess Winkler came up. I'm like, no, Winkler's value is also up there because he's been fantastic. Uh, Arrestus Aquino came up, and I, to me, it's more like I he had a good two months. You really want to trade for a guy who had a good two months and has never shown that uh, in baseball minors or majors before or since uh honestly it's like you go and you look at some of the things like um, amir garrett's probably the the sense the piece would make the most sense to acquire he's got i think three more years of team control gonna make a little under two million this year uh the indians don't have a lefty outside of kyle nelson who's far from proven on their roster um garrett some places listed as the closer but i'm pretty sure it's going to be lucas sims closing for the reds anyways uh, so that makes more sense. I had someone bring up Michael Lorenzen. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, so that just takes him out of the conversation entirely. But, yeah, if a trade were to happen, Amir Garrett for him would be the straight-up, the only one that kind of makes sense. And my only concern there would be, when I look at Garrett's numbers, uh, exception, like exceptionally lucky. Uh, Left-on-base percentage, 100%. That's not going to happen. A bat pip of 188, that's almost 100 points under an average. And that's what happens when you only pitch 18 innings. Uh, 234 ERA, but the FIP is at 434 after a 414. So I don't think he was anywhere near as good as he looked, long and short of it. And here's the thing yes, the Indians are going to mess with Jimenez's service time no matter what. He's going to start the season not on the roster. Um, if they were to trade. Rosario Chang could fill the thing for a bit. Um, you know, they've ran out Eric Stametz when they had an injury because they didn't want to. I mean, Chang was hurt at the time, too, so that affected it, but there were some better options. But uh, they're, they're willing to run out lesser guys to avoid the service time issue. But when you have him there already, the other thing, I think more importantly than like, you know, uh, they're not going to, Owen Miller's not going to get a shot because he doesn't have to be added to the 40 man yet. Uh, And with Rosario because of his athleticism his tools and his pedigree his value is going to hold at least for this year it's going to be consistent where it is unless he performs well if he comes out and hits like he hit in 2019 I mean the Indians probably aren't going to want to trade him but if they did I mean that's not a small increase that's an exponential increase in his value all of a sudden he starts looking like a potential 2020 guy which is what he looked like in 2019 and if he shows that he can play left field center field occasionally fill in at short or at second base i mean his valuation completely changes and that's why i don't think the indians really would be that interested in trading right now because you're not going to get a ton of value for him he doesn't hold i don't think to many that high of a valuation and if you're a team like the reds who specifically needs a shortstop because you have nothing there uh and man that reds infield whoo they are punting defense I mean, you look at that Reds team, they went all, everyone was so excited about them last off season with Castellanos and Moustakas, and I mean, now they're just selling pieces left and right. Uh, it's, they're an ugly mess. Like, you know, they, they might have to give something away to get someone to take Mike Moustakas off their books, and I mean, defensively, it's, it's not good. And prospect-wise, they're really suffering as well, and it, it's, yeah, they made the playoffs in the expanded playoff year, but... I hope it was a good selling of their soul because things are not shaping up good and they might have to trade away some of those ace pitchers at the top. And that's what the Indians are trying to avoid. They're trying to keep this uh, slow build going. Uh, just always have that opportunity to uh, to get there. So I think they hold on to Rosario. It just doesn't make sense to trade him uh, unless someone out there really bowls them over. Uh, you're going to hold on to him. You're going to hope that you can work with him to make adjustments Uh, You know that the Mets were awful at making adjustments and just player development, which is one of those things where you're like, okay, so maybe they see something they can do very simply to help him. And then uh, if he goes out and hits, his value just goes up, up, up. And then eventually you can switch to Jimenez, and then you're getting the great defender. You can move Rosario to another position. And then... I mean, I'm still all in on the Anthony Santander trade. I, I'm just going to stick with that. Or if they could go out and find a young center fielder. Um, you know, we talked about Cedric Mullins on the podcast, who was great defensively but can't hit that much. It's like, well, he... We already have that in Mercado. But when you're looking at, at things like that, I mean, right now, if Rosario plays well, then you got Jimenez ready to go, who was about a league average bat at 22 while playing above average defense. What he did um last season the power was a little bit lower i think that's maybe the big difference but it's not dissimilar to the francisco lindor profile when he was in triple a like when francisco lindor came up no one expected him to become the future hall of famer it was like he was going to be an above average league bat about 15 20 home runs league, you know league average guy maybe slightly above average would probably be amongst the top 10 shortstops like Dieter derek Jeter, light I mean, instead, Lindor was essentially Cal Ripken for, a, for his time with the Indians. Like, I mean, that's probably closer to what he became. That was not what was expected. I'm not saying Jimenez is going to become that, but it's it's definitely a profile. Again, look at Freddy Galvis, two uh, deviations below normal. We're saying Jimenez could be a slightly above average offensive shortstop with the same level defense. Uh, there's a lot of value there. And then you've got Owen Miller, who's sitting there who was a borderline top ten guy in the Padre system, but for some reason is lower in the Indians. I don't understand uh, that. And you got Arias who some places a top one hundred, Ty Freeman who I mean most of us thought he's gonna move to second long term anyways. And by the way, if he spends, you know, this year in double A and then all of next year until the very end in triple A, guess what? Cesar Hernandez's contract sets up perfectly for Ty Freeman to come in. Like it's it's ideal. How those two set up. Um, but, and that's not even talking about, you know, the, the further depth in the system. And the guys like Carson Tucker they just drafted, or, you know, Bar- uh, Brian Rocoyo, who a lot of people are super high on. Not my guy necessarily. And they just keep adding more young shortstops. And that's why I, I think it makes perfect sense to trade some of that infield depth to uh, get some outfield help. We'll see if they consider it what they do. Um, you know, the Pirates are now... Thanks to Listella and uh, Hernandez coming off, we're down to kind of Colton Wong and you know uh, Jonathan Schloop. So uh, Adam Frazier, all of a sudden with the Pirates gets an, to be an interesting trade asset. Mostly second base in the majors had played some short in the minors. I'm curious if a team would consider trying him at short in the majors, but uh, you know it, there's there's such a need for middle infielders all of a sudden that's a name is getting bandied about and if Frazier gets traded i think then the indians will officially no longer have the lowest payroll in baseball i think that will tilt things a bit so that's something else to pay attention to because i really do think that matters i think in terms of just optics they do not want to be the lowest payroll team but this is step one uh i do think adding a cost controlled reliever specifically someone who has, you know, Shane Green or the like, someone who has closed games because we know that, yes, the closing position can be high leverage but often is not and that when you have a player and you make them a closer, uh, it just makes their arbitration rate spike because uh, saves become kind of the valuable way we judge pitchers in the bullpen. So I still think, uh, you know, they can kind of wait things out. I mean, they need a lefty. I, I'll be curious to see if they – revisit of oliver perez or if they take my advice on andrew chafin or if they you know make a trade for that left-handed pitcher but still some work to be done we we know that you know they were rumored to have five to ten to spend uh my whole theory was it was however much money it would take to get them to be no longer the lowest payroll team they were almost there uh so maybe they'll be done at five especially if the pirates can find a way to trade adam Frazier for something but uh they still have some parts and pieces to go out and do we'll try and do a you know for next week we'll take a look at the roster I know this is supposed to be the draft show uh, unfortunately I haven't written anything since Sunday um, so that's all getting pushed back a bit more uh, life you know things things happen but I want to thank everyone who has taken the time to listen to the show this week enjoyed the hope you enjoyed the talk on Cesar Hernandez the middle infield, the silly narratives going around uh, about the trades. The Indians win trades. Like, and they're known for their devil magic with pitching in general. So when they target arms, you always have to take a step back and be like, okay, why are they targeting this arm? Like, who was the last guy that went out of their way to acquire in a trade who really bombed, who really did not produce as a pitcher? You, know, you you can tell me that answer. There's been some draft picks, but the the guys have gone in trades. It's it's gone fairly well for them, especially in recent history. Um, I mean, even someone on a lesser deal like Kyle Dowdy added like three miles an hour and became a Rule Five selection. He didn't stick with the Rangers, but he was a like a borderline org guy uh, with the Pirates who showed enough to get himself a Rule Five selection uh And'll we'll be in spring training, I bet this year, and get a chance to show that fast saying ninety eight and ninety nine uh when I saw him in Akron, and uh you know was just kind of learning to harness that stuff so it'll be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see i I think the Indians are gonna do what they always do there's gonna be a few breakouts there's gonna be some non roster invitees, especially at the outfield position likely the Indians starting outfielder at one of those spots is going to be someone who gives a non roster invitee. Like that is the way of it. Um one final note. Uh one of my favorite pitching prospects, kinda of under the radar guys, was Jordan Yamamoto he Came over as one of the pieces in the very ill-fated Christian Yelich deal. Uh, you know, they don't have much to show for that with the Marlins right now. And they released him, which was kind of a surprise. After just eighteen innings in double A, he got rushed to the majors and then he went back to double A, and you know, his walk rate stayed high. In the lower minors, he wasn't walking anyone, was missing bats, he's undersized, this and that. Fits the Indians' profile to a T. I don't know if they necessarily have the space to claim him, but as a 40 man addition, like there's always been enough there to make me think that he could be a Zach Gallon type of arm. So I'd love to see the Indians take a gamble. Fits what we've seen them do. Um, we'd see if he even gets there, someone's going to claim him was an interesting uh, choice for the Marlins to let him go, but I just wanted to quickly comment there. Uh, as always, thank you all for listening, downloading. Uh, the Locked On Brewers have a, uh, a new host, and they've moved in the top 10, knocking out the Tigers. So instead of targeting the Tigers, let's not target the Brewers. Uh, download daily. Have a friend download and listen. Uh, recommend it to others. Leave those rate and reviews. Let's march our way up into the top 10 Locked On Baseball Podcasts. I have been Jeff Ellis, this has been Locked On Indians, and at least for the next year, go Tribe.